Good morning, family. If you love fruit, raise your hand. I mean, I hope everyone likes fruit, right? Um, If you need a good watermelon, I know the proper way to choose a perfect watermelon. It's all in the golden hue of the spot. Did you guys know that? If it's white, don't get it. It's got to be this rich gold. Same with pineapple. If you look inside, like, you know, just inside the spikes, if it's a a good gold, it's ripe and ready. Um, And then there's bananas. Now, there's debate about bananas, all right? I got First Service's take on this. Um, This is how I am going to judge you from this point on. Um, So you have three choices. We are going to vote. I'm going to take a poll. You have your green bananas, okay? It could be all the way green or the good strips of green. Or you have the perfect yellow, okay? No green, okay? Perfect yellow. Then you have the freckled, okay? Freckled, it has to be a pretty consistent freckling of the banana to the dark brown, all right? So all in favor of green bananas, raise your hand, please. All right, raise your hand for the pure yellows. Majority like first service. How many freckled? All right. Yeah, I like I like a good all yellow freckled, right? Because then you can tell when it's ripe. Now, I know the key to a good banana bread, which I've never made, but Carrie makes them, is that it's like just blacked out banana, right? <laughs> Super ripe. Like you open it up and it just kind of oozes out of the, the peel. Um, but I love fruit. And I want us to look this morning of what it means for us to live a fruitful life. What does it mean for our faith in Jesus Christ, how that affects us um, in our own spiritual walk and our faith, but how that eventually comes out of us. Um, and we, we have this fruitful life that, that proves the love of Jesus that we have and that he has for us. So turn with me to chapter 15 of the book of John. We're going to be looking at verses 1 through 11. Uh, this is John 15, 1 through 11. And this is still this last night where Jesus has his disciples. Um, he's kind of like laying out uh, some some solid advice because he is going to end up at the cross. He's going to die, rise again, and then leave. And he's preparing his disciples. And we get to kind of have this peek in, uh, listen in on what he is giving. Uh, so we continue in this kind of this conversation. So uh John 15, 1 through 11, says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is my father is glorified that you may bear fruit, much fruit. And so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. 
If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. So here's this picture that Jesus gives, and we're going to kind of hang out in verse 5, of what it means to have this fruitful life. So he says in verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. Uh, And I always think of a vine of these creepy, spider-infested things that crawl up your house, your chimney, your trees. Um, But that's not the vine that Jesus is talking about. It's more of a grapevine. I have a picture for you. And if you notice, with the grapevine, you have this solid trunk um, of the vine. Uh, that that is more like a tree trunk. So you have the vine and then the branches come off of that. The fruit uh, is produced by the branches. Um, and so we have this picture of Jesus as the vine, uh, the, the, the roots and, and core of, of where we get all of our faith. And then we are the branches. And from the branches, we have this fruit. So today I want to take a look at Jesus as the true vine and then this word abide. Um, what does it mean in verse 5? He says, whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. Uh, so I want to hang out on the word abide for a minute. And then what happens when we abide? And then how do we keep on abiding? How do we continue uh, to just simply abide for us to be in our faith, to grow in this relationship with Jesus? Uh, so the true vine, verse 1, Jesus says, I am the true vine. Uh, there is no other way, uh, there is no other access to this life as a branch uh, without Jesus as the true vine. And I kind of imagine we ended chapter 14 last week uh, where Jesus ends by saying, rise, let us go from here. So imagine them leaving the upper room and they're heading out and he comes across grapevines which are very pro- uh, prominent in that area. So he uses that illustration. But here Jesus is like, and we've already talked about Jesus as being the way, the truth, and the life. There is no other way. There is no truth. There is no life um, apart from him. He was sent by the Father uh, to whoever believes in him, and him only will have eternal life. So Jesus is the true vine. There is no other light. There is no other light source. And we've seen this all through the book of John. Uh, that Jesus is the true vine. And here he's saying, I'm the one that provides the nourishment. I'm the one that provides the strength. Can't get this. A branch isn't going to grow and and nourish and bear fruit off the vine. Um, It's going to die and wither. Um, Jesus is saying, I'm the one that's providing me. Um, I'm giving you life as the vine to the branch. All access, remember last week, to God. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all involved. Um, So as a true vine, we have no other place to be. Uh, There is no other place for us to have um, this relationship with God. And then we have the picture of the Father, who is the the vine dresser, who is the one that is taking care of uh, the vineyard. Okay, Another picture of the Son and in work with the Father and interacting with, what the interaction that the Father has with us and the love that He has for us. 
uh, that he's not only making sure the vine is is doing work, but what does a vine, a vineyard, a vine dresser do with the branches? But prunes and make sure that they are healthy. And so this interaction of the father and the son in our relationship with them. And so in verse five it says, "I am the vine; you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him." Here's this word, abide, uh, to just stay. It means to remain, to reside. Um, your abode is where you live, okay? And it is used 11 times in verses 1 through 17. Um, and we'll get to 12 through 17 next week. But this word abide is an important piece of what it means for us to be branches, for Jesus to be the vine. Uh, lately, Karen and I have been on a great kick, uh, and I won't tell you where to go because I don't want to, you know, make, you know, no one's giving me money to, to advertise for them. Safeway. Um, <laughs> they've lately had, and I don't even remember the brand, of green grapes. Now, I like green grapes. Carrie and the boys like purple grapes, but green, I could snack on that all day. But they've been super fresh, like the last couple of weeks, uh, to where I'll grab one anytime. Carrie moved her prescriptions over to Safeway, which is a really good move, by the way, because it's in the back and you end up buying way more stuff when you go. But I'm grabbing grape, bags of grape every time. But it gets to where we demolish that bag of grapes within a few hours. Uh, so now I'm getting two or three bags at a time. Um, but I tell you, there's times that, in fact, this last batch, there is one bag of two that weren't great. Now, weren't great. I like my grapes. Now, if they're sour, no. But Carrie's, like, bougie taste level of grapes is super high. <laughs> they they got to be sweet. They've got to be perfect. Uh, I can handle a little bit less, so, of course, I ended up with a bag that wasn't that great. Uh, Carrie got the good ripe ones, uh, but it's it depends on how long the grapes hang out on the vine, right? If you pull them too quick, they're not going to be ripe enough. Um, if you wait too long, and I just discovered or heard this this morning, then they become raisins, which is a whole other food category. Um, but, but the timing of getting the grapes off for the grocery store, I mean, there's a certain window, but you have to make sure they're ripe. You make sure that they're the right time. And so here's this picture of Jesus saying, abide. Like all your nutrients, all of your life is in me. Uh, I am the vine, you are the branches, just stay with me. This is where you're going to nourish. This is where you're going to grow in your faith. Um, but if, if you're not part of the vine, if you are detached from it, disconnected, pulled, up, pulled apart, then you're not going to have that nourishment. You're not going to have that growth that happens. Uh, and so, by the way, with the pictures of the grape... What are the what are the fruit doing? What are the grapes doing? By the way, they're just kind of hanging out, right? Do they contribute to their growth? Nope. Um, and so here's this picture also of Jesus saying, "Just abide, uh, just remain, just hang out." And and there's a spiritual level of just hanging out with Jesus. Uh, so many times we get caught up in the busyness of life. Or we 
sit there and try to do things on our own. I definitely do. Um, but here's this picture of abide, uh, to just stay there. Uh, don't fall off the, the branches uh, or the vine. To just abide, just remain. Uh, and how many times do we, even on our faith, need to just stop and tell ourselves, look, I just need to stay where I, where I am close to Jesus. This is the best place that we can be. Uh, that's how to live a fruitful life, a life of remaining, abiding, abiding and staying, and saying that this is where I need to be close to Jesus. There's no other place but to abide and to remain and to just be with Jesus. Uh, but then what happens, what comes from us abiding? Okay, because our faith is so much more than just relaxing, abiding. I'm just going to hang out and not do anything. There's now a relationship with our Savior, Jesus. And there's growth that's going to happen. Um, and when we abide and when we get our life through him, our life is going to change. We will bear fruit. And with that fruit comes a, a faith uh, that is active, a faith that, that is revealed to those around us. Uh, and so what happens when we abide? Abide. Before we get to that, let's actually look at what happens if we don't abide. Um, if we don't abide, our life is barren. It's a fruitless life. Verse 2 says, Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Verse 4, he says, As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. And then verse 5, Apart from me, you can do nothing. There is no life apart from the vine, apart from Jesus. And then verse 6, it says, If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. Here's this picture of our life without Jesus. If, we, if you have chosen not to live in Christ, not to live in the light, uh, but to choose the darkness, if you are choosing uh, to have a life separate from Jesus, who is the only way and the truth and the life and the true vine, you're separated and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. That road is going to lead to hell. That road is going to lead to eternal darkness without Jesus. So this picture of not being, not abiding in Jesus, not being in this relationship and being connected to the vine, it brings death. But in Jesus, we have life. And in Jesus, we have the light and the true source of our faith through the vine as Jesus. But let's look at what we do, uh, what happens when we do abide in Jesus. And Verse 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches, whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. So we bear much fruit. Think about this. If the vine nourishes the branches, the branches produce fruit, who, who does the fruit nourish? Not the branches, right? Branches don't eat its own fruit. That would be really weird. Um, it's for others. Here's where our faith in Jesus Christ so transforms our lives that there's going to be a difference in our life. And from that comes uh, the, the, the revelation, if you will, of our salvation in Jesus Christ, or it should. There should be evidence of our faith in Jesus, and that affects those around us. Uh, we must remember that the branches don't eat their own fruit, uh, and 
We don't produce fruit for our own pleasure. Okay, it is for others. And we should be the kind of people and the kind of church who feed others with our words and our works. Um, let me read to you Proverbs 10, 21. It'll be up on the screen. It says, The lips of the righteous feed many. So our words, our deeds, we have the fruit of the Spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. What, what are the first three again? Love, joy, and peace. Is that dependent on us? No, that comes from God. That comes from our relationship with Jesus. Then comes the patience and all of that, that, that we then rely on this relationship with Jesus. And so to bear much fruit, there's going to be an outward apparent, there's better be this outward change in our life that people see because we love Jesus. The way that we treat others, the way that we speak, the way that we, our work ethic, everything about us should, should bear fruit and there should be evidence of Christ in our life. Um, another part that we, another thing that we do, uh, or that happens when we abide in Jesus, is we glorify God. Look at verse 8. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Okay, a fruitful life glorifies God. Again, if we are living our life and looking for opportunities to glorify God in all that we do, that's the bearing of the fruit. Uh, That is revealing Christ in us. And we begin to have this confidence this identity and who we are because of who we are in Jesus as his disciples, um, that we are glorifying God and in that uh, is revealing and proving that we are Jesus' disciples. Uh, Not only because we've earned it, but because this fruit from our life, this overflowing of our life because of what Jesus is doing is going to affect others. Uh, And we will be recognized by our fruit in this outpouring of our life because we are doing all for the glory of God. And so we glorify God. We also experience joy. Look at verse 11. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Now, by the way, look at who he is talking to. Here are his disciples who've gone through a lot, who are going to experience much more. Jesus knows this. Here is our Savior himself about to face the cross, and he's talking about joy. Because this isn't circumstantial happiness. This isn't this, let me look for happy things in my life. This is a joy that only comes from God. And this true joy only comes through Jesus as the true vine. And that joy is not affected by anything, even the horrific fact of Christ going to the cross and facing death. That's this joy, this rich joy. So you, you want to know the best place to go get joy? Abide in Jesus. That's where it is. Um, here's another great thing. Look at verse 2. And every branch that does bear fruit, he pr- prunes. Hold on a second. Wait, we'll be pruned? Have you guys ever pruned a plant or bush? My dad loved his rose bushes. Um, and we, he would always go and, and he was trimming back some decent looking branches, I thought. Of course, having three sons, guess who had to pick up all the thorny branches when he was done, right? And by the way, there are no decent gloves unless you have like Kevlar, multi-layer. Um, I always got poked. 
Um, but here's this picture saying that, that we need to be pruned. And if you've messed with pruning shears, by the way, it probably would take your finger off. They're saying they're sharp. Okay, the vine dresser isn't just looking at the vine and like, oh, that, you know, this one needs, uh, just a soft touch and, and maybe it'll, it'll be okay. No, here comes a sharp pruning shears to cut the branch. Um, here is this, this situation that you're like, ouch! Like, God, what are you doing? But here's pruning that has to happen because, and I learned this from my dad, the more you prune, the more that flowers will grow, the more fruit that will be, that, uh, will be bared. Anyway. Um, yeah, there's gonna be more fruit. And so there has to be pruning that goes on. And I realize that God needs to deal with my sin. Okay? I make some dumb mistakes. Uh, there's sin in my life that, that I'm gonna end up paying the consequences for. And God deals with our sin. Uh, we can all be a little dumb. Right? We still sin. John Wayne has a quote that says, Life is tough. It's tougher if you're stupid. Okay? We make dumb choices. And we're going to pay the consequences of our sin. Um, now, there are serious sin that the consequences are very serious as well. Uh, that, that are life-altering. But this pruning that has to happen, God wants us to, to continue to work and be molded and shaped more Christ-like. Um, and with that comes more sin taken care of and more of our life in the hands of the vine dresser, of the Father, uh, to prune us, to mold us, and to make us into more like Christ. And then sometimes we're faithful. Sometimes it's not based on sin. Sometimes it's not, it's just this broken world that we live in. Uh, sometimes we're doing exactly what God has called us to do. But it feels like we keep hitting wall after wall after wall. Um, if you've known me long enough, it's one of those times that you're like, seriously, God? S- like, ser- this is going on now? Like, I've already went through this. Now I've got to go through more. Or my loved one has to go through more. Um, here's the key. God still is in control. There is actually still pruning of healthy branches. There's things in our life that we are like, God, what are you doing? This hurts a lot. But we know that with the pruning of the Father, with the trust that we have, the work of Christ in our life, um, that it's not him trying to uh, destroy our life. It's him saying that I love you so much that I'm going to prune you. We need to realize that pruning isn't just simply some spiritual surgery to remove what's bad. It also means cutting away the good and the better so that we have the best. And that's hard to see. It's hard to see in the middle of a situation where life does not seem fair and seems difficult. But coming out of it, man, it is always better. It is always. And then there might be times that we don't see that till we get to heaven. Um, but God is at work and understanding that we need to be pruned. Um, so that happens when we abide. And how do we keep abiding? How do we, you know, I wish it was as simple as just, hey, I'm just going to hang out. I'm going to sit in the hammock uh, and just be there, right? It takes work. Uh, it takes a lot of work to remain and to abide in Christ. Uh, look at verse 7. It says, if you abide in me 
and my words abide in you. So one of the first things to keep abiding tools that we have is his word and his words, which are right here in scripture. Here is a book full of his words um, in a relationship with him. Uh, Colossians 3.16, and this is on the screen, says this, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Okay, that word richly is rich, like a rich treasure. It also means to have ample room. Uh, you've got, we've got to lit, let the words of Jesus have room in our life. Sometimes I'll go to the, the message translation just for some fun imagery. Uh, the message for richly says to have run of the house. When is the last time that we have allowed the words of Jesus to have the run of the house in our heart and in our life? Um, to saturate us and to for us to hold on to and, and reflect on and to, to understand that's part of the pruning, that's part of the molding and making us to look more like Jesus. Um, this is the word of God. This, these are his words. But even in the chaos and busyness of our life, and it's not easy, and I know there are cool apps and reminders to be like, hey, you know, Here's a verse to read super fast. I've tried those, by the way, and I'm like, oh, yeah, and then I close the phone back up. It's not easy. Um, and my concern is that if you are abiding in Jesus' word and Christ's words, but the only time you're in, this, in the word is this very hour right now, you're going to have a hard time abiding. Um, it takes more than that. It takes being in the word and, and having moments, get up a few minutes early or commit to reading or just being in there and to listen, uh, to hear God's word, to meditate, to think about it. And here's an, an admission as your pastor. Okay, I'm working on the sermon all week. I'm in the word every day. But there's a work element to my sermon prep. Um, there's times I have to stop and say, God, what do you, what is, what, what can I get from this? How can I grow and worship in this passage? Um, and make sure I have time for my own reading, my own getting into the word and, and abiding uh, in the words of Jesus and abiding in him. And then another amazing piece of this relationship that he's allowed us to have is prayer. Um, verse 7 says, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Now, this isn't, we talked about this last week, name it and claim it. Hey, I want that nice new Cadillac. Um, I want a bigger house. You know, it's not that. It's that we, if we are abiding in Jesus and giving our life to him, then we are going to start thinking about the things that he loves. Start thinking about the, the situations in our life that is going to be more Christ-like and glorifying to him. And we're going to start praying more in that way. The closer we become to Jesus, the closer we align our hearts with him. So I've got a loved one who has fallen away from their faith. Lord, please work in their life. That's a prayer that aligns with the things of God. Um, I've got this sin in my life that I need you to prune out and to get out. That aligns with the glory of God. And with his plan for it. There are things that we need to pray for. Um, now again, he may not answer right away. We may not have the answer until we get to heaven. But that is this prayer life. 
And here's the thing. The key to that is it's a relationship. No other religion has that. We have a relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And because of that, we get to talk to them. We get to pray. We get to have this relationship with God in our prayer and and accessibility to God at all times. Uh, And so we just might need to pray more uh, to abide and to to keep on abiding. And then the last point of how to keep abiding is to keep his commandments. We talked about this last week also. If you love me, you say you love me, you're going to abide in me, then follow my commandments. Um, Keep my commandments. And this one is by loving one another. Look at verse 9 and 10. It says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Now a little sneak peek for, for next week. Verse 12, after all these the, the commandments, verse 12 says, This is my commandment. That you love one another as I have loved you. Um, And we'll deal with that more next week. But man, wouldn't it be a lot easier if you didn't have the distraction of life? If you didn't have the distraction of other relationships? Wouldn't abiding in Jesus be a lot easier if you got to just do it on your own? Not deal with those around us? Not deal with, you know, have all these distractions? Man, God, just give me your Bible, your, your word, my Bible... Uh, some worship music put me on a nice, quiet, tropical island by myself with no distractions. Man, I would really be abiding in you, right? No distractions. That's all I had to do. But it, that's not our reality, is it? We are to abide in him. And in that abiding in him comes dealing with others. Comes this fruitful life that we have that produces fruit. That fruit is for the nourishment of others. That others will come to a saving knowledge as a prayer in Jesus because of what they see in us. Um, and to understand that, that we are just, as we abide in Jesus and abide in his love, we are going to love others. Because we have to. Jesus loved us first. That's going to overflow into our life. Uh, and so to realize that this abiding in Jesus as the true vine is going to radically change our life. Um, as we grow in him, God is continuing to mold and to make us to be more like Jesus. And that now overflows into our life to those around us, to the community around us. I love this picture of, of today's message of our vision for our church to connect with God. Okay, Be connected to the vine, the true vine. Grow and nourish your faith in him to connect with one another, okay? As we worship together, as we build each other up and encourage one another and be in the word, and then what? To connect with our community, to, to have this overflowing of the love of Jesus in our life that it affects how we treat others and those in this world who are in a very dark place, who desperately need the love of Jesus in their life. Please pray with me. Father, I thank you for this morning. You continue to just... Show us your word. Father, you continue to show us this love and grace and mercy in our life uh, because of you. Uh, Father, I pray that we realize the importance of of just simply abiding, uh, just simply committing our lives more and more to our faith, 
to our relationship with you, Father, that you continue to mold us, to make us, to prune us, uh, to be more like Jesus, uh, to be more fruit-producing, that we glorify you in all that we do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.